0: Thor is on DVD right now, but don't worry, the first few minutes of this episode will be spoiler-free. Just watching episode 28. I'm Daniel J. Lewis.
1: And I'm Eve Franklin.
0: And we are so happy to be doing a regular traditional episode that we haven't done in... Over a year. Yeah, like I think I was single the last time (laughs) that we did a regular DVD episode. But this is the podcast where we share critical thinking for the entertained Christian, and we've got some awesome stuff for you today. And uh, we are thrilled, first of all, that many of you have stuck with us and have been listening with many of the past initial reaction episodes to theatrical releases, and also coming now for some DVD releases. And also, uh, many of you submitted us as nominations for the podcast awards. Thank you very much for that. We don't know yet if we made it into the nominations. We'll know by October 8th, which at the time of this recording is this Saturday. So by the time you hear this, we may know who made it into the nominations. I believe the voting opens in November. So once the voting opens, we'd really appreciate it if you go and vote for us. Vote early, vote often, vote every day. And yes, you can vote every day in this competition (laughs) if we make it into the list. If not, go and vote for your other favorite podcasts. But that will be at podcastawards.com and I'll put out an announcement if we make it in all of that stuff. But Eve, welcome back into the studio.
1: Oh, it's wonderful to be here.
0: And we, this is a cool movie Mm -hmm. that we're going to talk about. This is uh, the movie that, it's not about gods. (laughs) (laughs) It is instead about uh, aliens, sort of, but not really. (laughs) It's one of those that kind of makes you go, but I thought, We are talking about the movie Thor. great soundtrack there done by patrick doyle and if you'd like to buy the soundtrack it is available you can get it through our affiliate link which will be in the show notes for this episode at are you 28 so let's get into this a little spoiler free review at first what did you think of thor
1: i loved it it was clean and it uh, was entertaining
0: there is a kiss
1: Oh, yeah. Well, there's no bed scene though. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> um very very entertaining. It had mm-hmm. some some good humor in it. And if you've been following the the whole Avengers build up, it it was it was a good good installment in that as well.
0: Yeah. I I liked it too because it's got that like cool action. It's got this hero in it that uh he's blonde. You know, most heroes aren't blonde, I've found.
1: These days anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're all like black hair or something. And it's a very different retelling of the comic book story of Thor and mm-hmm. or is it really even a comic book story? You know, I could be getting that completely wrong.
1: I think it I think Thor was an Avenger, so he probably was in the comic realm for a while. Okay. I didn't read them, so I don't know how different it is from the comic
0: but i did think graphic, it was cool awful. how yeah <laughs> not like dilbert or anything like that
2: yeah.
0: dilbert is not going to be in the avengers movie <laughs> i i thought it was really cool how they they retold it as a almost like a science fiction mm-hmm. rather than a fantasy like false gods and all mm-hmm. of this stuff right but they they tried to connect uh these things between the old myths Mm -hmm. and science and we'll talk about that more as we get into the episode but it was clean Mm -hmm. and it of course did have plenty of action violence not very much blood though it's it wasn't like a gory Mm
1: -mm. violence and i think that it it had kind of a a good moral message to it It maybe not so much moral as a christian but It it definitely had a a decent theme.
0: Yeah, there there are plenty of things to talk Mm -hmm. about and that can make great conversation from Mm -hmm. this movie. And that's one of the reasons why (laughs) we're having this episode is there is so much to talk about. And uh, as well, Thor doesn't have very much foul language either. Mm -mm. Very little that I remember. And many of these Avengers movies, most... Of them (laughs) have been like that, Mm -hmm. but not all of them, unfortunately. But uh, anything else to say spoiler-free about it?
1: I think we probably need to go in and actually talk about the nitty gritty.
0: If you want a spoiler-free review uh, for whether Thor is appropriate for your family, then we do highly recommend the Focus on the Families Mm plugged-in site that will have the link to their review of Thor in the show notes at slash. 28. So if you don't mind being spoiled, or if you've already seen the movie, then go ahead and listen on. Okay, now it's all of us people who have already seen it or don't mind being spoiled. (laughs) Starting off, there's there's a lot just right in the beginning Mm -hmm. of Thor. And maybe it was kind of a spoiler to say this in the spoiler-free review, but Thor is not a false god in this. He's he's from another planet another world Mm -hmm. Uh, it's actually not a planet necessarily another realm is what he calls it a realm but right in the beginning we learn some things about uh, mankind in thor as it says this once mankind
3: accepted a simple truth that they were not alone in this universe some worlds, man believed to be home to their gods. Others, they knew to fear.
0: Ooh, so man is not alone. True or false?
1: That's true.
0: True. Yeah, we're not mm-hmm. alone, but not in the way that they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it said that uh, people believed the planets to be homes to their gods mm-hmm. and not just the gods, but it, I thought it was interesting that he said their gods. Gods, yeah. As if different people have their own separate gods. And that is the state of early, well, that's the state right now, even. Yeah. It's been that way for really as long as we've known history.
1: Yeah, mankind has existed, I would probably (laughs) say.
0: Because like, even right after the flood at the Tower of Babel, they were Mm -hmm. worshiping a false god. Uh, Before the flood, they were worshiping themselves, but Mm -hmm. also probably very likely uh, were worshiping false gods or Mm made-up gods as well. So it's nothing new for people to have ideas of what their gods are Mm -hmm. and where they live or how they live or certain gods are to be Respected, certain gods are to be feared. Now, that's what sets Christianity apart from many of these other religions is that when scripture talks about fear of the Lord, it's not the same kind of fear that other religions are endorsing or forcing upon their people
1: yeah it seems like a, a lot of the um like the the norse which is what thor is and the the greek and the roman gods were unpredictable you feared them because you didn't know what they were going to do or you know they could just suddenly on a whim you know oh well i'm just going to destroy you or whatever i mean it mm-hmm. was all it was all totally unpredictable and our god is is um he's set forward what he is in his scripture and we can depend on that
0: yeah and uh, we we see his promises Mm -hmm. and he keeps his promises whereas the false gods well do they even make promises some of them yes some of them them make promises actually
1: thor makes a promise
0: (laughs) but but he wasn't a false god yeah, well that's true. <laughs> he he was worshiped possibly yes, as a false god yeah. but we so we hear in it that they're saying mankind was not alone uh even though that early on mankind thought they were alone well here's the thing is we are not alone because scripture tells us in Hebrews 13:5 uh, it says that, that make sure that your character is free from the love of money being content with what you have for he himself speaking of God said I will never destroy you nor will I ever forsake you and that's actually quoting from the old testament too so it's mm-hmm. quote, originally said in the old testament and requoted in the new testament so if you want to try and make a divisional line there between God being some kind of reckless God, similar to the Norse Actually, gods or says, something. Actually, says, I will not
1: desert you. You said destroy. <laughs> you read it yes. wrong. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I like um, the way that other translations also translate those words, like, mm-hmm. I will never leave you or, or forsake, forsake you. you. That's how mm-hmm. the King James translates it. And it reminds us that we are not alone because we have this ever-present help in time of trouble, and mm-hmm. that is God the Holy Spirit, and his son, Jesus Christ. We aren't alone. And what is also at the beginning of Thor is that it said that these frost giants came and started to destroy people and, in fact, threatened to put them in a new ice age. That was mm-hmm. an interesting little phrase there. But then it said this.
3: But humanity would not face this threat alone.
0: So there's a threat of throwing man into cold temperatures. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little more severe than that. But Earth would not face that alone.
1: Right. It had allies.
0: Yeah. But in this case, the Allies, the uh, the, the Asgard's, came only in the time of need. And so often that's the way... I think we treat God mm-hmm. is we only go to God in time of need.
1: Yeah, you, you hear. Um, well, even when nine eleven happened, which is not our anniversary of that ten year anniversary of that was not that long ago, um, it seems like every but the whole nation turned to God. It's like you were you were suddenly hearing all of the the people crying out to God for mercy and and for love and and defense and whatever. But it's like that's the only time that as a nation we turn to God is when something bad happens like 9-11 or a bad hurricane or an earthquake or something like that. And it's sad. Go ahead. <laughs> but it's sad because that's not the, you know, God wants us to be there for be there with him in every step of the way.
0: Mm-hmm. I like what Psalm ninety one eleven says for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And these aren't just some guys that stand by, well, I mean, by uh, that stand afar and wait for something terrible to happen and then rush in and try and save us, like we see here where the Asgard's have taken it on themselves to try and protect Mankind and fight for mankind, but they only wait until the most dire circumstance. And scripture says that God gives his angels charge over us. Mm-hmm. And so God is an ever present help in time of need. We, in that same section, is uh, uh, well, we learn about the place of Asgard. <laughs>
1: The world tree.
0: Yeah, and and some weird things said about uh, where Asgard is and what Asgard is.
1: It sure doesn't look like a planet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like the center of a galaxy or something, yeah. kind of like that. Uh,
1: that 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 you know, almost feels like a flat Earth because you see like the water running off the edge and it's <laughs> yeah. like hmm.
0: But this is what's said of Asgard. The
3: last great war ended, we withdrew from the other worlds and returned home to the realm eternal, Asgard.
0: The realm eternal? Hmm. What are they talking about? It's a world, well, outside of our own world and it's a world connected with all of these other worlds or realms but they're calling it the realm eternal is it heaven
1: i I would i I mean in norse mythology and well most of the the pantheon mythologies they're always living in a in a city that is above the you know the mortal realm and that's kind of the feeling that you get even in this movie that they look up or Asgard. It's up somewhere above uh, above the planet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's also referred to as uh, well, the people in it are mm-hmm. apparently all Eternals. Right. Because whenever they refer to anyone else, they mention mortals.
1: Mortal. Which is interesting because then when Odin uh, he, he's I guess it's when he was punishing Thor, he made some comment about he his father and his father's father. And I'm like, okay, is he an eternal <laughs> God or is he? <laughs> he's well, like, how eternal is this? <laughs> they have generations.
0: Yeah. And we, we even hear about like Odin's sleep and we'll talk about some of this oh, yeah. other stuff later <laughs> as we get to that point. But uh, the, this place Asgard being the realm eternal. Well, it, it's not, because people in it do die, they can be killed, mm-hmm. but maybe they mean by people just don't die naturally, but if they don't die naturally, then where is Odin's father? And, and yeah,
1: Odin seems to be growing old.
0: Yeah, and all this stuff like the Odin sleep and mm-hmm. things that they were concerned about, would he ever recover or come back from it? And all of this, that is it really eternal or is it not eternal it's kind of hard to tell yeah but they say or what i like is in scripture when it tells us about the eternal world something that i like that really says and this is the uh, new king james translation of this is isaiah 57:15 says for thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity whose name is holy I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. I love the contrast there between Mm -hmm. this because when we think eternal, I would actually say it's okay to imagine something so grand and beautiful like we see illustrated Mm -hmm. in Thor. Now, what we actually will see in heaven will be far more beautiful and grand than that. But think of how grand and glorious that is. It's just in our finite minds. And then in this scripture verse, God says, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's just like, take this grand, huge imagination of what uh, heaven will be like and what our presence with God is like,
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: realize God says, I dwell with you. Not, mm-hmm. I'm way above you right? and overseeing you and controlling and whatever, all of this stuff. But I dwell with you. And I like that that connection there between the two of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that is a, a better picture, I think, of eternity than, than anything that we can think of. And what, another thing that kind of bugs me about Asgard is that it does seem to be very technology. I mean, there's a lot of technology and even the way they get between the realms is some kind of a, technological gate like hole or something that creates a portal portal
0: rainbow bridge they call it a rainbow bridge and i mentioned actually the rainbow bridge in a few episodes ago when i gave a review about dolphin tail i believe that was episode 25 Uh, you can check it out at are you just com slash 25 and in dolphin tail they told this brief little mythological story of where the dolphins came from and it was that people were told by their God to leave this island because they were making too much noise. And so the goddess made a rainbow bridge across the ocean so that the people could get to the other side. And the people who fell off the rainbow bridge fell into the ocean and the goddess turned them into dolphins and Mm -hmm. that, but that's the rainbow bridge myth, or that's one particular uh, Mm -hmm. telling of the rainbow bridge myth. And here, they're calling they're using that the rainbow bridge as the actual uh, science thing that happens this portal between the worlds that connects them
1: yeah there's some interesting discussions in the movie about that
0: yeah and and they call it like the einstein rosen bridge or is Mm -hmm. it a portal is it a wormhole all of this stuff a lot of things that are kind of cool to talk about as like sci-fi people and star trek people will be familiar with these terms and mm-hmm. different ideas and theories
1: and we might come back to that here a little later yeah um but you know we, we were making comment about the fact that they do present them not as as gods but yet um there is a a phrase um i think it's actually one of thor's friends tells him about going to earth um where he, well actually he was talking about as, um
0: yeah yeah let me play, let me that, play clip. that yeah this isn't like a journey to earth
3: where you summon a little lightning and thunder and the mortals worship you as a god
0: is that <laughs> all it really takes for the mortals us to worship someone or something as a god Just some <laughs> lightning and thunder
1: <laughs> well you know i think that um if if that's what we're worshiping, then we're worshiping the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. One of one of my uh, favorite verses actually is in First Kings, and this is um, I, I think it was um, I'm trying to remember now which prophet it was, but he he went out into the desert, and and God came to him, and it says after the earthquake there came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a sound of a gentle blowing. And I actually like the King James version better in that too, because it says it's still a small voice. Mm-hmm. And and that is um, kind of a comparison of what we think a God should be with, with, you know, the thunder and the lightning and the power and all of that, but yet God came um, and, with a still small voice or a gentle blowing. And sometimes we have to listen for Him instead of be awed by Him, though definitely we should be awed by Him as well.
0: Yeah. That was, by the way, Elijah. Elijah, uh, that, that, yeah. Yeah, that God appeared to in that way. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> but... <laughs> we also see in the new testament when jesus was with the disciples on a mm-hmm. boat and that little storm came up and they were so afraid of everything mm-hmm. then jesus just calmed the storm in the wind and the disciples were amazed and said mm-hmm. who is this that he can calm the wind and the seas and all of this mm-hmm. they were amazed not that he summoned lightning and thunder and all of this
1: mm-hmm.
0: but that he could calm it
1: right and it's the power it, over the elements both in a good way and a bad way.
0: And it reminds me a little bit of what God did uh, during the 10 plagues of Mm -hmm. Egypt, where those plagues were not only to show God's power and his love for his people, Israel, but also those plagues were direct attacks against the false gods of the Egyptians. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Which uh, So then look at the New Testament where Jesus Christ calms the storm Mm -hmm. and the water and the lightning and thunder. And he's not summoning it like a, a false god would, or like their mm-hmm. impression of a false god is just summoning lightning and thunder, but he is calming it, showing that he is actually more powerful than the storm.
1: Mm-hmm. Than anything they can create. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's fascinating that in, in, in this thing they were talking about, they could just throw a little lightning and thunder and mortals will worship you as God. It's interesting that one of the few things that, in our science still is put not put within our grasp as controlling weather. Mm-hmm. It's like we can sort of predict it to some extent, but we can't create it. And that's you know we we have not even reached the le- level now where we can even any have any kind of control over it.
0: So the Asgard's don't call themselves gods. Hmm. They say that they've been worshipped as gods. However, they do make quite a claim of uh, responsibility for well a lot
3: (laughs) here we remain as a beacon of hope shining out across the stars and though we have fallen into man's myths and legends it was asgard and its warriors
0: that brought peace
3: to the universe
0: that's a pretty tall claim there, Mr. Asgard guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's teaching his sons there. That's, that's in the, I mean, if, if you go a little further, he's, he's telling his sons, I guess, teaching his sons their responsibilities in the realm mm-hmm.
0: to protect the realm, mm-hmm. to keep these worlds in peace, and that his, he did it, his father, before him, and it's now their responsibility, or it will someday. Mm-hmm. be their responsibility to keep the peace of the entire universe and they can apparently see the entire universe <laughs> or some of them can in some ways
1: yeah that the, the, that was an interesting juxtaposition that that the the gate guard is the one who appears to be all seeing himdol himdol yeah, yeah. Uh, that even there's several references that he, that he can look and down on all the realms and see what's going on
0: even it, when the gate is gone
1: even when the gate is gone you don't ever really see that odin is doing that and he's the all father you would think that he would be the one
0: well he there is the spot as thor is destroying the bridge later on to that mm-hmm. portal device or the uh, the bifrost that uh, as he's hammering the bridge Mm-hmm. We see Odin or somewhere around then. Odin wakes up at that mm-hmm. point, but even a little bit before that, Odin was crying right. at something that was happening on Earth. Right. So even while he was in Odin's sleep, he was, was still seeing, seeing what was just going on. Yeah, just yeah. couldn't interact with it or react or anything.
1: Well, we definitely can have a discussion of Odin then, because you know, he he's represented as the all-father, which Thor is kind of the son of the god, and I mean, if we were talking about them as gods, which they're trying not to present them as gods, but at the same time (laughs) they're presented as gods, (laughs) Um, Odin is the All-Father, and I I think he kind of stands in as like the all-knowing god. Yeah, and
0: that phrase alone, the Mm All-Father, I kept listening to that in the movie thinking, did they say that or did they say something else? But they call him the All-Father, which is like implying that he's the father of all to use that phrase. Am I am I misunderstanding how they're using the phrase all father?
1: Oh I'm at to, I think that's what he's called in Norse myth. Mm-hmm. He's that's what thend all father. They kinda of almost use it like a surname. Yeah. In in this.
0: Or or like a, a title. Now it could just be kind of short for Almighty
1: <laughs> but still <laughs>
0: that's not necessarily changing the issue.
1: No, it isn't um see
0: some some things that they they point out about Odin is well Odin can be injured these are just some observations he can be injured because he lost his eye in battle early mm-hmm. on right Odin has compassion has love has anger all of these emotions it's never said that he is responsible for creating everything right but during a scene when he was asleep uh, in this Odin sleep. And that's another thing, by oh, the way. Yeah. He sleeps. He sleeps. And it's not like just like sleeping at night. It's mm-hmm. this deep Odin sleep that he might not recover from, they think, in the movie. He, right. he does. But it's worried that he might never recover and all of this stuff. And,
1: and things, this isn't the first time he's done it, either. You get yeah. the impression that he occasionally has the old Odin sleep.
0: Yeah. So things that are are not at all like our god but what it said about odin doing one of the times when he's in this odin sleep
2: we mustn't lose hope that your father will return to us and your brother
1: what hope is there for thor
2: there's always a purpose to everything your father does
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's a pretty strong statement always a purpose
1: always a purpose I mean, is that the, everything he's done is with forethought, even to the point of banishing Thor to earth and all of that. And that reminded me of a verse in, um, uh, let's see, Proverbs 16.3. It says, The Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. And also Romans 8.28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Mm. Um, so we know that our God, who's truly all-seeing, all-knowing, all all-omnipresent. He's everywhere. He has a purpose for everything. He is outside of time. Everything that he does, whether we know his plan when we see it happen, it has a purpose.
0: And I like that we don't have to worry about our father falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In Psalm 121, 2-4, through four, it says, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth, he will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And I, going back to when Elijah was on earth and he had that big showdown, with mm-hmm. the false prophets. Right. I love that, how he taunted like, the false maybe prophets. Maybe you should
1: yell louder, they might be sleeping.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gone on a journey. You're gone
1: on a journey. Or
0: <laughs> and uh, back at that time, the the idea, the Norse god, well, that's a more modern idea, mm-hmm. but the probably the same beliefs were still around, just kind of different personhoods at that mm-hmm. time of the false gods. And they did believe that their gods would sleep. They didn't stand up and say, "No, Elijah, our God doesn't sleep." <laughs> <laughs> they did yell louder. <laughs> yeah, they did yell louder. Like, ooh, good point.
1: You mm-hmm. I mean he can't hear us?
0: And the the All Father is well. He is he is a good father mm-hmm. in that he he. um i'm wanting to say the word demands respect but without the demands
1: right he requires (laughs) respect Yeah,
0: requires and he deserves it Mm -hmm. in the way that he uh, requires behavior from his kids and in the way that he leads his people and he gives some wisdom to his sons as he's training them
2: when i'm king i'll hunt the monsters down and slay them all just as you did father
3: a wise king never seeks out war but he must always be ready for it
0: so he is a wise king Mm -hmm. as he's saying he doesn't seek out war but he's ready for it ready to defend
1: speak softly but carry a big stick (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: exactly but then also at the end of the movie when thor has come around and is uh, has this life-changing mm-hmm. event? He says some really great, honorable, kind words for uh, to his father. There will never be a wiser king than you, or a better father. And that is uh, such an honorable thing to mm-hmm. hear from a son. Right. Is, it's, it comes, Especially
1: a contrast to what he said to him earlier in the movie, which is uh, he, he, as any, I guess a son testing his father's limits or thinking he's better because he's younger and he knows the world better.
0: Yeah, it's like the, the teenager who yeah. <laughs> thinks they know everything and want to go over and take over the world is exactly what Thor tried to do is take over another world mm-hmm. instead of... Uh, following the commands of his father and in a fit of rage Thor yelled to his father these string of accusations
3: The Jotuns must learn to fear me just as they once feared you That's pride and vanity talking, not leadership You've forgotten everything I taught you But a warrior's patience While you wait and be patient, the Nine Realms laugh at us The old ways are done, you'd stand giving speeches while Asgard falls You are a vain, greedy Cool boy! And
2: you are an old man and a fool! Ooh, ow.
0: <laughs> yeah, compare that then to... <laughs> there will never be a wiser
3: king than you. Or a better father.
0: <laughs> so something changed.
1: Yes, something really changed.
0: <laughs> the, the contempt there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, powered by disobedience. Here's where I see a picture that really relates to us Mm -hmm. a lot, is what we hear Thor say to his father is essentially what we say to our Heavenly Father when we disobey him by sinning, when we reject his grace, or when we choose to do things our own way, Mm -hmm. because we think that's the way that makes sense, that's the way that we want it to happen, or that we think it should be done instead of doing things God's way. That's essentially what we're saying mm-hmm. to God, is those same words like Thor said to his father. And in fact, we hear that so much, especially that line, old ways. Mm-hmm. And we hear so many people say that the Bible is just the old ways. it's mm-hmm. It can be thrown out. So much science fiction it follows that premise oh, too, that just yeah. man no longer needs religion because he's collected all this knowledge and science and all of this and so there's no more need for religion as if religion just filled a temporary void that can be later filled up by knowledge
1: and it's it's sad because no matter how much we know there's always going to be something that we don't know and it, they even bring that out in this movie a little bit because there there's a argument between the scientists over um some of the the stuff that they've been seeing and um, You want to play that clip?
2: So You're the one who's always pushing me to chase down every possibility, every alternative. I'm
3: talking about science, not magic.
2: Well, magic's just science that we don't understand yet. Arthur C. Clarke.
3: Who wrote science fiction?
2: A precursor to science fact.
3: In some cases.
1: <laughs> I think that's a hilarious discussion because so much of... What science is today is explanations of stuff that we didn't understand in the past. Mm-hmm. And scientists today have gotten pretty arrogant in thinking that we've explained everything. And they have put a, um, it's like, I, th- I think there was a quote by an atheist that was saying that, that they couldn't allow uh, the supernatural to get a foot in the door when it mm-hmm. comes to science because. Um, th- th- they've constrained science to be only on the natural things that they can describe, but they're so arrogant and not realizing that there are aspects of the world that we haven't grasped enough to even study. Mm-hmm. And that's all science is, is a, you know, systemized study. It, it's not something that, you know, has, has put us on the level of God. There's a lot of stuff we don't know yet. And it, what we think of as magic or supernatural today, maybe in you know hundred years, maybe something well explained by science. Not saying that God can be explained by science, but
0: but God certainly uses uh, methods of that He's put in place. Right. That sometimes He chooses to act with those methods, like the process of just uh, how our bodies age and how they work and all of that it's something scientific that God did it's not magic it's rules and laws of science that he put in place in our bodies so that we would function a certain way it's not just uh magic going on inside of us but it's and back in the old days before they understood biology perhaps many of them thought well not <laughs> just yeah look yeah. at tribes mm-hmm. where they think that when someone is sick, just some magic will fix it, mm-hmm. or that there's some kind of bad magic inside of them. But I do like uh, the conversation that Thor had with the woman, which, what was her name?
1: Kate, uh, I think. Kate. Kate.
0: And uh, yeah, Thor and Kate had this conversation around a campfire about these differences between science and magic, or are they really differences between science and magic
3: your ancestors called it magic Mm. and you call it science well i come from a place where they're one and the same thing
2: Mm.
0: this is a very similar theme to what was in the sorcerer's apprentice Mm. the new one Uh, when i gave that review i mentioned this in there as well as this idea of it's magic to some people science to others who are in the know right and in a sense that that is true, where when we don't understand something, what's a phrase that we even actually use? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, that wow, that's magic. Yeah. Or it does this automagically. It's, I hate that phrase, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but people talk about things being magic or magical in the way they do things when it's really just technology. Now you pick someone from 200 years ago and show them what's going on and they might yeah think it's magic.
1: Well, how many of us actually know how a microwave works? I mean, you stick the food in there <laughs> and you 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 punch in a number and and it somehow to, you know magically heats heats whatever you stick in there. Now, a scientist will tell you that it's accelerating the water molecules in the food, which creates heat because when when you make them move faster, they they get hotter. Mm-hmm. But how does that happen? I mean, it's still somewhat magical to those of us who don't understand the technology.
0: Or or the fact that some of the people who are listening to this episode, you, our dear listeners, might have used magic to get this episode. No wires connected, anything like that. <laughs> and the episode has somehow magically gotten to your mobile device. <laughs>
1: uh, in First uh, Timothy six twenty through 21 Paul warns Timothy, who is a... a, a He's mentoring in the faith, uh, a young man. He's mentoring in the faith. He says, Oh, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you, avoiding worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and thus gone astray from the faith. And I know a lot of people have, um, I think there's some versions that say science there, science falsely so-called. Mm-hmm. Um Science actually means knowledge that's yeah. that's what it means, so it can be translated either way there um, What I find interesting about that is that um dealing in a world today where so many people put science above faith and and it actually you know they take the the word of what fallible men say about things and they use that to interpret scripture, or use it as a as a way to discard scripture and not take it into account. Because, well, you know, there are scientists who say that can't have happened that way, and it just, you know, we are warned in scripture even before this became an issue, even in this modern era, that we need to be careful not to to let let man's opinions draw mm-hmm. or their falsely so called knowledge draw us away from our faith
0: and lest you think that we're saying don't pursue knowledge or science (laughs) scripture is filled with things that says seek knowledge Mm -hmm. but even more importantly than that it says seek understanding seek Mm -hmm. wisdom i remember uh, one of my karate uh, teachers actually is sensei saying uh, using this illustration of the pyramids saying something like do you know about the pyramids Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, we're you know, there's pyramid shape, and mm-hmm. they're these giant blocks, and we might be able to say each block weighs about this much. They're about this big, all of that, the footprint. We might all say all of that. That's knowledge, right? But then he asks, "Can you tell me how it was built?" Mm-hmm. That's understanding, right? And then wisdom would actually be a step beyond that. I think mm-hmm. would be applying that in other ways. And so God tells us, don't just stop with knowledge, but seek understanding
1: and seek wisdom
0: and wisdom. But even mm-hmm. most importantly, knowledge of the Holy One, a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man is so tied up in this pursuit of knowledge and right. science,
1: right? And and I think that um, you know a lot of people will say that Christians, and especially creationists, which both you and I are. Um, are anti-science because we, we believe in things that are being... Um, I hate that phrase. I know. It's like it's like they, they take it because we are against evolution, which we are, as being meaning that we are against science, which evolution does not mean the same thing as science. Evolution is a theory that some people have regarding origins, which cannot be scientifically evaluated. It happened in the past. You can't go back and look at it. You can't experiment upon it. You can't repeat it. So it technically isn't science. I mean, you can't scientifically study it. And they say we're anti-science because we're anti-evolution. But I think that, that, well, actually, I know a lot of science that we have today, a lot of the modern science has been formulated. The fathers of those science disciplines were Christians. Mm -hmm. And it's because God gave us dominion over our planet. He gave us... He gave us the order to be fruitful to multiply to have dominion over it to um, to study it to learn to have knowledge. I don't think you'll find any Christian that is completely so completely against science that they they would reject just out of hand any kind of scientific discipline, but you have to be careful when you put science into the place of God mm-hmm. because it cannot hold that position.
0: I heard one speaker once say that we can only study two things. Everything comes down to studying either two things, God or what God has done, Mm -hmm. his work. Right. It all comes down to that, God or God's work. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: sometimes people go about it the wrong way. You know, Mm -hmm. they think they're studying God, but it's a false God in their mind, and they're trying, their their hearts are yearning for God, and they're going down the wrong path with mm-hmm. it or we're studying God's work, this creation around us, and we're learning things and learning how to do things with what God has created around us. And it, it, again, this is God's command that we should pursue science and mm-hmm. knowledge. Right. And don't just treat it as magic and oh, that's that's something we shouldn't deal with. I I brought this up in a conversation just recently with someone is Several years ago, many years ago, I gave a presentation in my church about why Christians should be on the internet.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how long ago this was. was.
1: I bet that was well received. Yeah,
0: this was in the like mid-90s, early 90s, somewhere around there, I think. It was uh, a time when the internet was gaining more popularity and people... Many people in my church were like, oh, the internet's this terrible place. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be on there. It's full of junk and all of this stuff. And so I I knew this was going to be controversial, but I gave a presentation saying we should be on there because this is a, it, this is a place where we can use it to further the gospel. Mm-hmm. We can use it to uh, learn more. Mm-hmm. And look now... Many years later, that was like fifteen years ago. Look now at how much of an impact Christians can have when they get on the internet mm-hmm. and the ways that they can now reach out to so many more people or help others who are out there reaching out to others. And,
1: and it it has to remind us that we are extreme. Have to be very transparent and very real when we're on the internet. I mean, in Facebook, you have to be careful because so many people see what you're doing in every way mm-hmm. that. It, you, you need to be conscientious about what you're doing because people are watching and you have to live out your faith conscientiously in every way or people will, will see you falter. But this is a good transition uh, into talking about Thor's hammer yeah. because you were, you were talking about how the internet people think it was evil and that that something that can be used for evil can also be used for good. And Thor's hammer is, is a source of power, that has multiple uses. And
0: has no equal. Right. Thor.
3: Odin's son. My heir. My firstborn. So long entrusted with the mighty hammer Mjolnir, forged in the heart of a dying star. Its power has no equal as a weapon to destroy, or as a tool to build, it is a fit companion for a king. I have defended Asgard and the lives of the innocent across the Nine Realms in The time of the Great
0: Beginning. Now, you might not have heard it, that last part. He was saying he's defended these realms since the time of the Great Beginning.
2: Hmm.
0: And yeah. with this hammer right. which its power has no
2: equal
1: has no equal and it and it can be used to destroy or it can be used to build which is interesting that it was a hammer because a hammer is a is a useful tool but it can i mean can be used to build things and it can be used to knock things down so it, it's a very interesting i mean you usually don't think of a hammer as being a weapon mm. but in, in this case it's either it's just <clears throat> excuse me um but You know, I I remember hearing a discussion about fire once, you know, that fire is a useful tool, and you can either use it um, to warm yourself or to heat your food or to do things like that, but you can also use it as as a destructive tool to burn houses down or or do something like that. It's that it's always, when we're talking about tools, it's always what you do with it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, I've heard so many you know isolationist Christians who don't want to use video because it's evil or don't want to use computers because they're evil or don't want to use the internet because it's evil. Every new thing that comes out, it's evil, so they can't use it. But anything that technology gives us is a tool, and it can be used for good or it can be used for evil.
0: I'm reminded even that phrase, it has the power to destroy and the power to build. That reminds me even of what is said about the tongue, that death and life mm. is in the power of the tongue. Right. But even more powerful than the tongue, which is sometimes called a sword, is a passage I love from Hebrews, Hebrews 4.12, about the word of God. It says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and narrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So the hammer uh sorry its <laughs> power doesn't have an that's true it has mm-hmm. no equal because it's highly uh <laughs> I can't think of the word <laughs> defeated <laughs> by the power of God's word because God's word instead of just building and destroying physical things. Mm -hmm. God's word gets to the spiritual matter. It's powerful Mm -hmm. and sharp enough to divide soul and spirit. Mm -hmm. That's far more than the hammer can do.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. And judge thoughts. Of course, the hammer, it does judge thoughts in the heart in this movie, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, because there at the beginning, when uh, Thor is being cast out, From, I almost said heaven, but
1: (laughs) Asgard. (laughs)
0: Cast out from Asgard, yeah. Then Odin grabs the hammer, and after casting Thor out, Odin has the hammer, and then he whispers into it Whosoever holds this hammer, if
3: he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor.
0: So the user of the hammer has to be worthy Mm -hmm. of it.
1: Right. And that and that's actually brings us to the the next discussion which is of uh, Thor being the son of a god who comes to earth as a mortal. I mean, it's like the like the <laughs> biggest, you know, elephant in the room when you're talking about the movie Thor from a Christian perspective anyway. Um
0: and yet Thor was cast out right. of Right.
1: There's some this really world. really big differences. Really big differences.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh.
3: Odin son, you have betrayed the express command of your king through your arrogance and stupidity, you have opened these peaceful realms and innocent lives to the horror and desolation of war. You are unworthy of these realms. You're unworthy of your title. You're unworthy Of the loved ones you have betrayed.
0: Painful, painful <laughs> words to be cast out by. And yet, uh, sidetrack here for a moment, I feel again, this is a good example of what it must have been like, how painful it must have been like to be separated from God with the entrance of sin mm-hmm. because we rebelled against God and in Adam and were arrogant and rebellious and all of this, then we became unworthy of the title of God's creation, mm. of being God's. And so it's so beautiful to see how God redeems us then right. through Jesus Christ. And we're still not worthy. Right. But Jesus Christ took that penalty and made us worthy through him. Right. And his blood makes us worthy. So, I think that's an awesome picture right there. But then coming back around to
1: this. (laughs) The differences between Thor and Jesus. Yeah.
0: Thor, though, was cast out Mm -hmm. like we were cast out.
1: Right. And he has to prove his worth.
0: Yeah. And this is quite different from the way that Christ, well, Christ wasn't even cast out. He Mm -hmm. chose to walk among us and
1: he was obedient to his father see that the, in in thor's case it was his disobedience to his father that sent him to earth to require to prove his worth and in jesus's case in obedience to his father's will mm-hmm. he he came to earth and became mortal to give his life to redeem us so it's it if thor's redeeming himself jesus came in obedience to redeem us
0: mm-hmm. and taking the illustration or the contrast further is thor got his power back after he he was ready to give up his life Mm
2: -hmm.
0: is when he got his power back whereas christ gave up his life to prove his power that he already had Mm -hmm. and the, the the contrast there are so great. And this is why we approach these things is we want you people to know, you people, that's so mean.
1: <laughs> you people.
0: We, we want you, our our beloved listeners <laughs> to, to recognize these things and see that we can't just take this and say, this is a great illustration of Christ on the cross and what he did for us. No, no. it's not No, because it breaks down on so many levels and in many ways. It, It's never even there in the first place. Right, right. But, uh, so Thor comes and he does become a mortal that gets hungry.
3: This mortal form has grown weak.
2: I need sustenance.
1: (laughs) It's an interesting uh, parallel with Christ who went into the desert for 40 days, the wilderness for 40 days, and was tempted with He he fasted for forty days and forty nights and had no food or water, and then he was tempted by Satan um, to turn stones into bread, and he didn't even do he didn't do that because uh, his sustenance was God. He says, "The word of God is my sustenance." I am paraphrasing mightily here, but that's that's the the gist of that whole section of scripture and thor is hungry he requires sustenance
0: (laughs) and yet jesus christ was fully man and so Mm -hmm. he was oh yeah he
1: he suffered from the hunger it was just that his his he put god's word and god's will and above his mortal needs
0: Mm -hmm. so thor is definitely mortal and he gets hungry and in fact, he he finally recognizes this mm-hmm. at some point because he's had the sword in the stone incident where he's realized yeah, he, can't, he can't.
1: can't pull up the hammer anymore. Yeah.
0: And uh, a very kind of sad scene there, and some comedy as well <laughs> in that scene. But he does realize he's just a man. And so he ends up embracing that fact that he is just a man. This is just near the spot big battle scene last battle scene on earth with thor's friends there he's the, the thor's friends say to him
1: thor's gonna fight with us
3: my friends i'm just a man i'll only be in the way or worse get if one of you killed but i can help get these people to safety
0: <laughs> so he realizes finally that he's no longer unlimited in power and mm-hmm. he realizes his place but yet i i do appreciate that he doesn't just give up right he does what he can where he is
1: Mm -hmm. yeah he he doesn't give up and and then he eventually uh, makes the sacrifice which is is um where he realizes that that people are getting killed and he's the target
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and so he he goes up to this gigantic robot destroyer thing and his brother yes can hear him loki Mm -hmm can hear him through the robot or through some kind of magic or something yeah (laughs) whatever it is he hears
1: and he apologizes and then
0: yeah and so he then says this
3: but these people are innocent taking their lives will gain you nothing so take mine and the end of this.
0: So he's sacrificing himself.
1: For the benefit of all of the innocent people.
0: Yeah. That there, okay, that's a correlation there between mm-hmm. what he did and what Christ did. But different situations, still, the analogy breaks down majorly.
2: So don't
1: <laughs> use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he um, that's his redeem, that's his personal redemption mm-hmm. in a way, because he doesn't. He doesn't really, I mean, he sort of dies, but he doesn't really die because as soon as he takes his last breath, the hammer then flies back to him and he becomes Thor, the god of thunder again.
0: (laughs) And he gets his power back to him and all of that stuff that his father stripped of him Mm -hmm. when he cast him out because of his rebellion. And so now he is now worthy of the hammer and has his power back so this this reminds me though of of a a section that happens then earlier on in the movie during this bar scene with the older scientist friend of kate he and thor are talking and this old guy gives thor some some little wisdom that helps thor Realize some things and piece them some things together. This is right after that sword and stone failure incident, <laughs> as Thor is then piecing these things together and comes to some realization here. You know, I had
3: it all backwards.
0: I had it all wrong.
3: Well, it's not a bad thing, finding out that you don't have all the answers. You start asking the right questions.
0: So, is it a bad thing... To f- it's not a bad thing to find out. You don't have all the answers because then you start asking the right questions. Right. Good, good wisdom for Thor because that's kind of what he's been doing and which leads him to say, For
2: the first time in, in my life,
0: I have no idea
3: what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Anyone who's ever going to find his way in this
0: world has to start by admitting he doesn't know what he is. Wow. And that is very true in that, well, sort of.
1: Sort of true. It's interesting that it's this particular character who's giving that advice, because he's also the one that stands out as being very atheistic and uh, putting science in a, a very high level. And, and then he turns around and, and gives things these this advice about not having all the answers and not asking the right questions. And it's just an interesting juxtaposition for that character yeah, because, it doesn't really fit
0: yeah like you're saying he was the one earlier that was saying to kate it's a beautiful theory jane
3: you won't be able to convince the scientific community of any of it i'm without hard evidence
0: and he wasn't even convinced
1: <laughs> yeah so he's
0: saying i'm not convinced I'm without not convinced hard evidence. Yet.
1: and he um when he's drunk he's a little easier to deal with because <laughs> <laughs> he actually even thinks that that uh, thor could Hmm. He he ought to be the god of thunder.
0: <laughs> yeah, as Thor carries him home after this uh, this bar scene of this wisdom and all of that stuff shared with Thor, that's when he then says to Thor,
2: oh, "I still
3: don't think you're the god of thunder, but you ought to
2: be." <laughs> yeah, ought to be um, yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. So he's skeptic. He's he's a skeptic all the way. Mm-hmm. Which I guess comes along with asking the right questions and not having all the answers. But
0: but yeah. then we look at Christ. And mm-hmm. Christ came to earth willingly. Right. He gave up his life willingly, and it was all part of the plan in the first place. He Christ mm-hmm. knew his purpose coming to Earth. It's not that he didn't know what his purpose was or what he should do, like Thor. Right. But Christ knew his purpose and in fact, uh, Philippians 2, 5-8 through 8 tells us a, bit, a little bit about that and exhorts us to have the same attitude. It says in Philippians 2, 5-8, through 8, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being found in the likeness of men or in being made in the likeness of men being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross so Christ's purpose was clear to him the whole mm-hmm. time and, and he, was, he was
1: obedient
0: yes even though and I I like that we see that struggle of Christ in, in Gethsemane when he was saying lord if at all possible make this cup pass
1: Mm-hmm. But your will be done, yeah, not so, my will, but your will be done. we
0: see Christ's humanity in mm-hmm. that, right, but yet he's still obedient,
1: mm-hmm He's a wonderful thing to strive for because as christians we are to be we are called to be christ like and mm-hmm. so that perfect obedience is what we are always to strive for,
0: mm-hmm and that leads into talking about the adoption that's Mm. illustrated within Thor. Why don't you take it with this?
1: Oh, yeah. um, We find out... Well, there's two sons at the beginning of the movie. We find out throughout the movie that Loki, Thor's brother, is actually adopted. And he doesn't know he's adopted. He's actually the son of Odin's enemy, the uh, Frost Giants.
0: Yeah, and he asks Odin what happened
3: in the aftermath of the battle i went into the temple and i found a baby small for a giant's offspring abandoned suffering left to die you (laughs) need
0: so the baby was small left to die defenseless helpless all of this that describes us right pretty well Mm -hmm. and then loki is asking why
1: why a baby Yeah. yeah
3: deep in Yotun blood. Why would you take me? You were an innocent child. No. You took me for a purpose. What was it?
0: Now, you know what? God took us for a purpose. hmm And, well, let me just let this clip play. for
3: <laughs> I thought we could unite our kingdoms one day, bring about an alliance, bring about a permanent peace
0: through you. What?
3: But those plans no longer
0: matter. So God, though, adopts us to bring peace to us Mm -hmm. and a relationship between us and him. It's not just adopting our offspring to use as a piece in a giant chess game between two enemies, but he wants peace with us and a relationship with us, and that's why he adopts us, who are his enemies, Mm-hmm. Not just this innocent offspring. No, we are God's enemies, and yet He still adopts us.
1: Yeah, in um, Ephesians it says Ephesians one five. It says He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will. And it's just a beautiful picture that um, He predestined. I mean, that was to, his whole plan from the beginning
2: mm-hmm.
1: was that we would be adopted as sons, just like Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus was his only begotten son. He he was literally his only true son, and we are equal with Jesus in that adoption. And that was the way Loki was raised. He was raised as equal to Thor. I mean, it, it said that one of you is destined for the throne. One of you is destined to rule, mm-hmm. both yeah. of you are born kings, kings born right. to be kings born to be kings and that's just that whole equality thing is that we don't have to i mean loki i think was very worried um when he realizes that that he's supported his brother all these years and then he suddenly desires to be king and 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 then it creates a struggle we don't have to struggle for it it's a gift to us it's a free gift
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, Romans 6 says that the gift of God is eternal life, not the the forced anything or the, what we have to work for, mm-hmm. but it's a gift.
1: It's a gift. It's a free gift. Mm-hmm. And yeah. another adoption passage is also in Romans eight fifteen. It says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And I, I believe I heard once that Abba is is, is like in the Greek, it's like saying daddy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like daddy, daddy. So it, it's that intimate relationship, not just a, you know, a stern father that we, you know, report to. It's it's just that the one you kind of run to and sit on his knee and mm-hmm. snuggle with.
0: Childlike faith.
1: Childlike faith. It's just amazing.
0: Yeah. And yet we lack it so much, <laughs> which is why we're sometimes so defiant oh. of God, <laughs> leading perfectly into
2: our next suddenly. our
1: next little bit. Yeah, that was one of the the threads that I saw through this entire movie, and I I, I don't have particular clips, and it just was when, when I was watching the movie, I kept hearing this defiance over go over again. It, was, it started with um, Thor um, being angry because the frost giants had come to Asgard, and so he was. Uh, talking about, you know, defiance of his father's will, that they needed to go and take care of this uprising. And and then... Uh,
2: yeah,
0: because Thor is uh, said to be arrogant and dangerous. He's
3: arrogant. He's reckless. He's dangerous. You saw how he was today. Is that what
0: Asgard needs from its king?
1: Mm. <laughs> and then it's it, it becomes uh, uh, Thor's... Uh, one of, I guess, the, one of the the women, one of his friends, is a woman, and when they first come to the frost giant, she she even says, "This is forbidden. We shouldn't be here. This is forbidden." And and then later, when when his friends go to Earth to get him, they talk about, "Well, this is treason." And I mean, it just keeps going from there. It's like everywhere you turn, everything, the choices that they are making are against the law. They're wrong. They're forbidden. And it's just this constant defiance and disobedience going on, and it all comes out right in the end because
0: that's Hollywood.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's Hollywood. But it's definitely a portrayal of turning wrong into right, which we all know that two wrongs don't make a right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that that was one of I think one of the things that keeps this movie from having a truly Christian parallel. Though we are defiant and we are rebellious, it's not our defiance and our rebellious that bring about good, it's when we are obedient.
0: Right. When we, the the phrase repent is very similar to an about face in military terms where the person mm-hmm. stops the direction they're going, they turn completely around
2: mm-hmm. and start
0: going the other direction. Right. And that's what it means to repent is stop going the direction of sin and destruction that we're pursuing turn around and instead go after god
1: yeah so that's just one of the points that i think that the 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 movie is interesting now what do you think about loki because he's like described in one point as being silver-tongued and i noticed that when he fights like when they're when they're on the planet of the frost giants he fights completely with deception
0: yes He's a magician of types.
1: Mm-hmm. He's like a sorcerer but his his method is not up, you know, standing his ground and fighting he he like puts, you know, uh illusions of himself that then disappear when they try to fight him and and things like that. So it's all deceptive. And I thought he was very interestingly portrayed very similar to what I would think Satan would be. Hmm. Because he he whispers disobedience. He he um even Thor's actions are because Loki kind of suggested it in the beginning. You know, he kind of like sat down beside Thor and stroked his ego and and tried to get him to um, be defiant and disobedient. And so in, in a way, Loki really is kind of a Satan figure. And even if you stay till the end of the credits and you see Loki on Earth at the very end, you know, he's he's once again whispering destruction, whispering
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, deceit. And in um, John eight forty four, it says, You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And I just... For some reason, Loki just really came across to me as as kind of a Satan figure
0: yeah and and seeking power mm-hmm. if he can 't get it, then he he goes about with these deceptive, destructive means to try and mm-hmm. get it. and now on earth, he wants this source of potentially ultimate power, as they say at mm-hmm. the end of this, which leads into Captain America because mm-hmm. this was the last movie before Captain America and then Captain America. There's this thing that has great power that they're pursuing and all of that. I think it's setting it up for a really interesting Avengers movie. Oh, yeah. Because until I saw Thor, I had no idea what Avengers would be about.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, I think I have a better idea Mm -hmm. because Loki is on the scene and Thor wants to try and get back to earth because he he broke that bridge he destroyed it so that he could save another planet and in destroying it though he separated himself from kate but he did make a promise to kate before he left and he he promised to her that he would come back
3: i must go back to asgard but i give you my word i will
0: return for you So in Avengers, we know Thor is going to be back because the end of the movie says Thor will be back in the Avengers. (laughs) Right. I think Avengers is going to be this big setup of good versus evil. And evil being Loki, perhaps having some kind of ultimate power or Mm -hmm. something of that sort. And so now it's, quote, good people. Iron Man being one of them, huh?
2: uh,
0: versus evil that is seeking ultimate power mm-hmm. that is the same spiritual war that we find ourselves in today, and I think this goes back to at the beginning when we talked about how uh that mankind would not be left alone. Uh, mm-hmm. They said that at the beginning of the movie, or that he would not have to fight this battle alone is we are in a spiritual war and it's a war against humanity that Satan and his followers have declared this war on God Mm -hmm. and a war against us because God has created us. And so, Satan wants to destroy God's creation and corrupt God's creation. So, there is this spiritual war against us and We can't fight it on our own. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: We do need otherworldly help. (laughs) I put that in quotation marks. But our help comes not from each other, but from the Lord. And scripture even says that our help comes from the Lord. And that's a theme that we should be seeing in our life. And our approach to our relationship with God is that he is our help. And we are in this spiritual war.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it, it, you, you notice that he did, he made a a promise to Kate, but he also made a promise to the government because at, at the end, after he gets his hammer back, he says, I will be your ally and I will fight with you. So he's, he's made a double promise that requires him to come back. And (laughs) I, it's not really a huge deal, but one of the, the themes that I saw in the movie also was the the government overstepping its bounds. Did you catch that in a few places? Uh, well,
0: yeah, because the stealth or not stealth um, shield thing, where mm-hmm. they're always coming in and they're taking things away and yeah. confiscating all confiscating this stuff.
1: things. They take all of her research, all of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they Thor you know gets them to promise that
1: they'll give it back yeah, to her. Yeah,
0: they'll give it back. But even during the scene where the destroyer came, and uh, first they didn't know what this guy was, right? Then they say
1: to it, "Hello, you
2: are using unregistered weapons technology. Identify
3: yourself."
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it it struck me as like we're unregistered weapons technology. It's like is the government now you have to register every kind of weapon that you have, and is that really? I mean, we could get into a whole. <laughs> <laughs> argument here about right to bear arms and all of that kind of stuff. But it just seems to me that a lot of movies nowadays are portraying government as having more power than it really should have, especially here in the United States, almost like it's trying to get us used to, um, government being able to come and take what it wants or do what it wants or require registration or, and it being a, um, uh, conservative. It really rubs me the wrong way when I see that kind of stuff, even in movies.
0: Yeah. And you can hear some more of that kind of conversation about that in our other podcast that's (laughs) in the network by our friend Jason Rennie in Christian Meets World, where he Mm -hmm. does get into some of those political debates (laughs) and contradicting worldviews and discusses those things from a Christian worldview perspective. So, check that out over at christianmeetsworld.com. I think we've hammered this topic pretty well down.
1: <laughs> hammered is the right word.
0: <laughs> so you can check out our show notes at com slash 28. And we would love to hear from you what you thought about the movie Thor. It's been on DVD now for a few weeks at the time of this recording. And it's been in theaters a, a lot longer than that. So hopefully you've had a chance to watch Thor. What did you think about it? What did you think about the topics that we raised? Or what do you think we missed? Some mm-hmm. things that, you know, we are not omniscient <laughs> here. <and laughs>
1: Definitely not.
0: <laughs> we would love to hear from you the stuff that you catch in mm-hmm. movies. And we encourage you to think critically about the stuff that you watch or listen to or read and all of that. So go to the website, comment on the show notes at com slash 28 or you can email us feedback at noodle.mx or call eight five nine three five three four three three two. If you email us, you could also send an audio file just with either the phone number or or if you're sending an audio file, please keep it to shorter than three minutes. Shorter than two minutes would even be a little bit better. <laughs> but we'd love to hear from you. So send us your information and feedback, 859-353-4332, or leave a comment in the show notes at areyoujustwatching.com slash 28, or email us feedback at mx.
1: And you can definitely suggest... um dvds for future episodes too
0: yeah and we now have an email newsletter over at are you just if you look on the right side there's a dark gray box there that says sign up for free updates and christian critical thinking tips and such mm-hmm. sign up for that and we'll share this stuff with you uh, we'll let you know ahead of time mm-hmm. what movies we're thinking about reviewing and then you can help influence that also join our facebook page at facebook.com slash are You Just Watching? And you'll also get some of that content there. But we would love to hear from you and love for you to be a part of this. Eve, do you think we should do another DVD movie?
1: Oh, of course. Another! <laughs> 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 I knew you were going to throw that in some point.
0: <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to us. Follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle.
1: And I'm twitter.com slash Eve Franklin.
0: And check out the other episodes that we've got on the areyoujustwatching.com website. We've got a lot of old things on there and that you might not have missed if you're a new subscriber, but we'd love to hear from you. So keep thinking critically and share your feedback with us. I'm Daniel J. Lewis.
1: And I'm Eve Franklin.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Don't just watch.
0: Are You Just Watching is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. Our opening vocal talent was thanks to Mariah. The theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis. For more great podcasts like this one, visit the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. That's noodle.mx. Another! And please also remember that I am a freelance, self-employed web designer. So if you need a website designed or podcast cover art or anything like that, please email me, daniel at djosephdesign.com, and I would love to work with you on that.